0: Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for this time in your presence. As we are about to share your word, we pray, Lord, that you will come and have your way in us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Today, I'm talking on the topic, taking God at his word. Taking God at his word. Now, the integrity of every man is dependent on his words. The integrity of every man is dependent on his words. Every man's credibility is dependent on their words. That they keep their words, they fulfill their words. When they promise you, they keep to that promise. That is integrity. And so, God's integrity is dependent on his words. The words that he has spoken, the promises that he has given us. And we know he has proven in time past that he is a faithful God. He has proven in time past that he's able to keep his words. And that's why the Bible said that Abraham believed God. That even when Isaac, even if Isaac was dead, he's able to resurrect him. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And so the confidence we have in God is that he's a faithful God. And when he promises us, he will make you his promise. And so this morning i just want to share three different scenarios from the bible and we will learn from those scenarios and then we will um pick lessons from it and apply it to our lives on how we can take god by his word every promise that god has given you if you can take him by his word he will fulfill it in joshua chapter 1 verse 2 Sorry, chapter 1 from verse 1 to one and 2. The Bible says that after the death of Moses, the servant of God, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. So this, this, this passage of the scripture is when Moses died and God came to Joshua. And so when Moses died, the people of Israel were mourning and were crying over the death of Moses because they had never seen a leader like Moses. They had never seen a prophet like Moses. They remember all the things that God used Moses to do. How God used Moses to part the Red Sea. How God used Moses to bring them deliverance. How they heard the voice of God through Moses. How God spoke to Moses and Moses spoke to them. How God had fellowship with Moses. How God even defended Moses when they rose up against him. And so the people of Israel at this point had never seen a prophet like Moses. And so when Moses died, that was a great blow to the people because he was the only leader they have known, the only leader who can hear the voice of God and tell them. And so when Moses died, the people were just weeping and mourning over the death of Moses. And when the people were mourning and weeping over the death of Moses, that very moment, God spoke to Joshua and said, the Bible says that he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. God was not giving them any information that they didn't already know. God is just telling them, this chapter has been closed. It is time to move on. Moses, my servant, is dead. You will not see him again. And so God says, Moses, my servant, is dead, in verse two. Now therefore, now that Moses, my servant, is dead, now that the old chapter in your life has been closed, now that whatever it is, whatever loss that you think you have gone through, now that all those things are past, stop. what God is trying to tell them here is stop crying over spilled milk. Stop crying over something that you cannot change. Now that my servant Moses, now therefore arise, go over the Jordan. So God instructed them, Moses my servant is dead. He's not coming back. Enough of the weeping. Now arise and go over the Jordan. This very moment when God instructed them to go over the Jordan, the Bible tells us that the Jordan at this point was actually overflowing. And God did not tell them that Jordan, God did not look at the problem or look at the crisis, but God God instructed them to move on to bring to pass his will. He said, now therefore arise, go over the Jordan, you and all these people to the land which I have promised them so god instructed joshua at this point to arise cross over the jordan and go to the land which he has promised them the bible tells us that jordan at this point was overflowing but joshua obeyed the voice of god stepped out there and went into went with the people of israel to cross the jordan in verse 3 and 4, he says to them that every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I will give to you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great sea, the, the great river, I'm sorry, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And so God promised them. That this is the things I'm going to do. This is the place I'm going to do. He, he's given them something to focus their energies on and not think about the past and the lost and the things that they cannot reverse. He says, go, on to, go and cross the Jordan. I have promised that I'm going to give you all this land. So God has given them his word that cross over the Jordan and I'm giving you this land. All of us have a word from God. The promises and the prophecies that are in the Bible, the Bible says that they don't have any private interpretation. All the promises that God has for us are to us. The promises that are written in the Bible are to us. They are God's promises to us. And that is why when I was starting this message, I said that the integrity of every man is in his words, in keeping his words. And so God promised the people of Israel that I am going to give you the land. And the fact that God has promised you does not mean that you will not face challenges. It does not also mean that God is not aware of the challenges that you are facing or the challenges that you are facing, the the challenges that you are going to face before his promise comes to pass. And as I said, that even as God has promised to give us this city, it does not mean that we are not going to face challenges. But what that means is that he's faithful to keep his word. And so when he promised them that he was going to give them the land, it does not mean that they were not going to face challenges. But what it meant is that they were supposed to depend on him to bring to pass what he has promised. And so when they crossed the Jericho, the first, I'm sorry, when they crossed the Jordan, the first city that they saw was Jericho. The Bible in chapter 6 of Joshua tells us, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. Now look at the contrast between what happened in chapter 1 and chapter 6. In chapter 1, God is telling them that I am giving you this land. In chapter 6, the land that they are supposed to possess, the Bible says, it was securely shut down, shut up because of the children of Israel. The main reason why Jericho was securely shut up was because of the people of Israel. And God has also promised them that I'm going to give you the land you will be thinking that if God has promised Israel that I'm going to give you the land, then they don't have to face any challenge. They will just go and take the land. The land, will be it will be easy for them. But the very after they just crossed the Jordan, the very first land that they are supposed to take is Jericho. And the Bible says Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. Because of the children of Israel. They are the reason why Jericho was shut down. And so the first challenge that they are going to meet was to overcome the walls of Jericho. The Bible tells us that the walls of Jericho were really heavy walls. And the city was, was surrounded by these heavy walls and had a gate and the doors were shut up because they didn't want the people of Israel to pass through their land. But God has also said that I'm giving you this land. You see how there is a contradiction between what was happening at that moment and the word that God has promised them. God is saying, I have given you this city. But they approached the city and they realized that the city, the walls of the city were shut up and they couldn't go in there. And the Bible did us a lot of good by telling us the reason why the cities were shut down. The cities were shut down because of the children of Israel. Bible says, none went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hands. And so even when the city was shut down, God did, not, they, God did not come to them and, and tell them, look, the city is shut down. Now let's begin, let's, let's start planning and see how we can take over the city. He just came to remind them again of his promise. I have given you, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's kings and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all your men of war. You shall go around the city This you shall do six times. And so God did not look at the problem. God did not look at the crisis. God just reminded Joshua of his promise that I have given you this city. And so sometimes when God promises you and the situation around you does not the situation does not conform to the promise of God. Remind yourself of the promise of God because his word is true. He's going to keep every promise that he has made to you. And so the people did not, were not supposed to look at the walls of Jericho and start complaining. They were supposed to look at the promise of God and start rejoicing because they know that God can keep his word. And so this morning, I just want to remind you that you can take God by his word we see God working in the Bible and even working in our lives there are so many times that God has worked in our lives in ways that we did not even expect you see when when David was confronted with Goliath he reminded himself how God delivered him from the hands of the lion how God delivered him from the hands of the bear and said that you he told Goliath that you shall be like one of these things One of the animals that I have killed in the past. One of the animals that God has delivered me from in the past. And because God has delivered me in the past, I am confident that he can deliver me in the present and he will deliver me in the future. Take God by his word. Whatever God promises you, he's able to keep that promise. He's able and willing to fulfill his promises. And so as the people walked towards Jericho and Jericho was shut up, Nobody went in, nobody came out. You see, the problems that we are confronting, if only we will rise up, we will understand that those problems are actually afraid of us. Those situations, those demons that we think that we should be scared of, they are actually afraid of us. Because if they will shut down the city and nobody goes in and nobody goes out, it tells you that there is fear in the city. Even though to the people of Israel, that might look like, oh, they are making it difficult for us to go in. But what was really happening was that the people were afraid. A certain man of God explains fear as false evidence appearing real. So as you have this fear, those th- the things that you are afraid of are actually afraid of you. If only you rise up in the power of God. There is nothing that you should be afraid of. And so as the people of Israel saw the wars and felt that the people of Jericho were restricting them from entering, the people of Jericho were actually afraid. And if you remember the discussion that Rahab had with the spies, he said, we are afraid of you because we have heard all the things that God has done with you. So God just came again and reminded Joshua that, listen, I have given this city into your hands. And so you and the people should move on. If God has given you a promise, if you are expecting healing, deliverance, or provision, or any miracle that you are expecting from God, if you can stand on the word of God and take God by his word it will come to pass. You will see it. Even when the situation is different from what God has promised you. When the Bible says that by his stripes you were healed, but you feel the pain and you feel the sickness. Like the walls of Jericho. When God has said, I have given you the land, but you still see the walls of Jericho. When God has said, I have healed you, but you still feel the pain. You continue to believe in the word of God because he is able to fulfill his word. And so you continue to stand on his word. Take him by his word. Declare his word. Because his word will never fail. You know this story, how it ended. They finally went into Jericho. The the walls came down. They defeated the enemy. And they went on to possess their land. And so if if they, they just saw the wall, and they started wailing and started complaining, that, oh, look at this wall. God, you have said that you are going to give us this city. But look, the walls are so... that we cannot even go into the walls. Look, they have a strong army. They they could have chosen to start complaining and telling God what the problem is. But instead of complaining, God just told them, I have given you this city. Even though the city is shut up, even though the walls are thick, even though there's a strong army behind the walls, I have given you this city. And so when your situation is contrary or contradicts the word of God, believe the word of God because the word of God is true. The word of God will not fail. The word of God will come to pass. And that Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Abraham believed to the extent that even he knew that even if Isaac should die, God is able to raise him up again. And mind you, Isaac is the promise that God promised um, Abraham. It took him about 25 years for that promise to come to pass. That was the covenant or the promise between God and Abraham, that I am going to give you a child. And finally, God gave him the child. And God said, when God was testing Abraham, he said, go and sacrifice this child. But the reason why Abraham was able to do that when you read Romans chapter 4 verse 17, the Bible says he counted, he believed that God is even able to resurrect the child if the child should be dead. And that is why he went ahead to obey God. He just believed in the word of God. Great faith believes in the word of God. Simple. It's very, very simple. Anyone who has great faith just believes the word of God as it is on face value. That is great faith. It's, sometimes you doubt the promise of God, it's in your mind. but don't affirm and confirm the, the, those, those doubts by saying it with your mouth and accepting it that it cannot come to pass. Believe what God has said, that's going to come to pass. Amen. The next um, story or um, example that I want us to share is in the New Testament. In James, sorry, in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 is 36. The Bible says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. So look at the words of Jesus Christ. Jesus promised them, He said, Let us cross over to the other side. That is what Jesus told them. So from from where they were living, he said, I am taking you to the other side. And then let's see what happened. So when they had left the multitude, they took him alone in a boat, as he was. And other little boats were also with him. He arose... Oh, I'm sorry. I have to read from verse 39 first. Verse... Give a second. Alright, verse 37. A great, and a great storm arose... And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stand, asleep on a pillow. And, And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So Jesus Christ promised them that let us go to the other side. That is the promise he had given them. That is the word he has spoken. But the fact that Jesus had promised them that we should go to the other side did not prevent the storm from coming. And so Jesus had promised them, has given them the word. That means that even though there are promises of God in the word, it does not mean that you will face challenges. Because Jesus had given them his word. He was right there with them. He said, let us go to the other side. So in his mind, he has already told them that we are going to the other side. And they all believed in Jesus Christ that he was taking them to the other side. They were going to cross the sea and go to the other side. But as they were going and obeying the word of Jesus Christ, a storm arose. So peace is not the absence of storm, but peace is the presence of Jesus Christ in the midst of the storm. So even though you have the storm, even though you have the challenges, you can still experience peace because Jesus Christ is present with you in the storm. So the fact that you are obeying the voice of God, the fact that you are obeying the word of God does not mean that you will not face challenges. But when the challenges come, you are able to go through because Jesus Christ is there with you. And so Jesus had said to them that let us go over to the other side and then a storm arose and listen to what they said. When they went to wake Jesus Christ up, they said, Teacher, do you not care that we perish? Sometimes that is how we pray. Instead of praying that, Lord, there is a storm. Can you help us go through this storm? Rather, we'll go and complain. Teacher, so do you not care that we are perishing? That's how sometimes we pray. Father, so all this pain that I'm going through, don't you see, Lord? Don't you see how... How painful this life has become don't you see how difficult life has become for me don't you see that I am in pain and I'm sick don't you see Lord don't you care that I'm perishing don't you care that I'm going through pain don't you care Lord that I'm in need that I have I I have luck I have things that uh, needs that have to be met that is how sometimes we pray but that's not how we should pray let's see what the Lord did the Bible says then he arose and rebuked the wind. He did not even respond to their, 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 their complaints that don't you care that, that we are perishing. He would have taken time to explain to them, oh, I care so much for you that you are perishing. I will not let you perish. How, how could they have conceived that Jesus Christ, God, was with them in their boat and still they could think about, they could think about perishing even though God was with them in the boat? And that's how sometimes we are. We are so faithless that even though God is inside of us, we still think that situations will overcome us without God's permission. That is not possible. God is with us. One of the things, one of the things that every believer has to realize, one of the realization that we all need to come to is that God lives inside of us. And if God lives inside of us, nothing can overtake us. Nothing will happen to us without God's permission. God lives inside of us. We have to be conscious of this. It is one of the greatest, in fact, it is the greatest gift that we have that God resides inside of us in the form of the Holy Spirit. When we accepted Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior, God came to live inside of us. And so nothing can happen to us without God's permission. That's one thing we have to know. The devil has no power over our lives. There are no demons that have power over our lives. I'm tempted to share stories, but because of time, I just want to move on and, and just teach what the Bible says. So nothing can overtake us without God's permission. It's one of the things that you have always have to tell yourself, that God lives inside of me. Wow. It's a wonderful privilege that God lives inside of us. And because Christ was with them in the boat, they were able to overcome the storm. Because Christ was with them in the boat. They came and they woke up Christ. And so when you are faced with crisis, that is the time that you have to stir up the God that is inside of you through prayer. When there are storms that your life, you're going through storms of life, remind yourself that Christ is inside of you. Stir up the Christ that is inside of you through prayer. All of us, there is a God inside of us. There is God Almighty inside of us when we are faced with challenges. Let's rise up and wake up the Christ inside of us. And so when Christ arose, the Bible says he rebuked the storm, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So Christ rebuked them for their fear. He rebuked them for their faithlessness. And so Christ is not excited and He's not gonna clap for us when we express faithlessness or when we walk in fear. It doesn't excite him. He wants us to walk in faith. And faith is by faith is just taking God by his word. That is faith. We need to walk by faith. So he rebuked them. He didn't pay attention to their prayer, he just Rosa rebuked the wind and said, how are you so fearful? Why is it that you have no faith? Why are you so faithless? And so Christ does not want us to be faithless. He wants us to have faith in him. Faith is simply taking God at his word. Whatever he has said, I believe it. And that ends the conversation. He had given them his word that I'm taking, let's go to the other side. And that was enough for them to believe that we will get to the other side because Christ has said, let us go to the other side. It was simple for them to have believed in that word That because Christ has said that let us go to the other side, we will get there. Amen. Amen. But because Christ said, the fact that Christ said, let us go to the other side did not prevent the storm from coming. And so even as we lead this life and take God's word. Even as we walk with God's word, the Bible says we are healed by, by his tribe. It does not mean that sometimes we will not feel, we, our body will not feel the pain. But we believe in the word because the word is true. We take God by his word and we say that by your word, I am healed in the name of Jesus. I believe what your word says. The Bible says, who has believed our report? And so sometimes when we get the doctor's report and we take God's report, which is God's word, which report are you going to believe? Is it the doctor's report that shows you the storm? The doctor's report that shows you the walls of Jericho? Or are you going to believe God's report that has said you are healed? God's report that has said you will live in good health. Who has believed our report? And so even though the doctors have given their suggestion, God's report is true. I accept God's report concerning my life. I am healed, and I walk in that healing. Amen. Amen. And we see God, how Christ held them. And when Christ rebuked the storm, they said, and, they, and verse 41 says, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be, that even the wind and the sea obey him? God, Christ expressed his authority over the sea, over nature. And the disciples saw him expressing that authority, rebuking the storm, and ensuring that he kept his word, that he's taking them over to the other side. Because they just obeyed his voice and went on the sea. If anything had happened to them, they would have said, Christ, we are just obeying you. And this is what happened to us. But if you obey God, he is under obligation to keep his word. If you walk in obedience, the Bible says, and having in readiness to avenge every disobedience when your obedience is complete. And so as we obey God's word and we complete, we walk in complete obedience, God is an, under an obligation to fulfill his word and to fulfill his promise. Amen. Amen. The last one I want us to see today is David. The Bible says that in First Samuel chapter, chapter 30, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone. But they carried them away and went their way. Verse 3 and 4. So David and his men came to the city, and it was burnt with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with them lifted up their voices and wept until there was they had they had no more power to weep anytime i read this passage of the bible i try to picture it in my mind can you imagine an army of men weeping together bible says they wept until there was no more power to weep. this was this was david and his men who had went out to battle and so when they came back this time this invest if you read chapter 29 David and his men had joined the Philistines to go out for battle, but the Philistines said no. Some of the kings in the Philistines said no. They didn't want David to join them. So David and his men were coming back to their camp. And when they got to their camp, the enemy had come into their camp, burned the city down, taking their wives and their children captive. David at this point had two wives. And so his two wives had been taken away. So when you read verse 35... and Verse 5 and 6, the Bible says, And David's two wives, Ahino, the Zeriat, and Abigail the widow of Nab- Nabal the camelite had been taken captive. So David had lost two wives, and all his other men had also lost um, their wives. They had been taken away, and their children have also been taken away. The Bible says, And they wept until there was no more strength in them. So at this point, it felt as if God had even um, disappointed them. Because everything that they had fought for, their wives, their kids, everything that they had in their camp had been taken away. And David and his men wept until the Bible says there was no more strength. Imagine that you see an army, for instance, the U.S. Army. All the men come together and start weeping together. And there was, it, was, it was such a sin that all the men were weeping and there was, they wept until there was no more strength. And after weeping, now they began to accuse David. They took up stones to stone David. And they were accusing David to be the one who caused them to lose their children. And so after they finished weeping, the Bible says that, and David said to Abitha the priest, Abimelech's son, Please, please bring me the effort. Please bring the effort here to me. And Abitah brought the effort to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them without fail. Recover all. For surely you shall overtake them without fail and recover all. And so when David was in crisis, when David was in a time that he had suffered loss of everything, what did he do? He went back into prayer. And so there are times that you, are, you face crisis. There are times that you face situations that are contrary to the promise of God. What should you do? Just turn to God in prayer. When after they had wept and they had lost everything, the people were about to stone David. The people were accusing David as being the one who has caused them to lose everything. What did David do? David asked the priest to bring the effort, went to God and asked him, Should I pursue them? Will I overtake them? And God gave his word. So as children of God, when we are faced with crisis, what we should go after is the word of God. If we can spend time in the presence of God, praying and listening to his voice and waiting on him just to hear one word from him. You see, when you pray and you wait on God, as soon as you hear the word from God, as soon as you hear the promise of God, that should be enough. Even though the problem has not changed, even though the situation has not changed yet, but as soon as you hear the promise and God told David, pursue them, You shall overtake them and you shall recover everything without fail. That is enough. So as you are praying and you are listening to the voice of God, you are spending time to hear his voice, you sit quietly after praying and you hear the promise of God concerning that situation. As soon as you hear the promise, that should be enough because you can take God by his word because God is a God who has integrity and he's never going to fail when he promises you. He will keep his promise Sometimes when a man promises you even though he has the desire to keep the promise he is limited he might be willing to keep the promise but he does not have the ability to keep every promise and so man is limited they might promise you but they might not have the ability to keep the promise man will not live forever to fulfill all his promises but when god promises you he has the ability And he has the will to fulfill the promise. Because God will not die. He's always there. He has all power. He has all resources. And so when God promises you, that is enough that you can rely on the promise of God. What has God promised you today? What has God promised you this year? What has God promised you this month? Know that he's able to fulfill his promise. He's willing and able to fulfill his promise. And so you can take God. By his word. Amen. And so when David was in crisis, all he, wanted, all, all he wanted to do was to hear God. All he needed at that point was just to hear something from God. One word from God. One word from God. And so when he took, therefore prayed to God and asked God, Should I pursue them? And God said, Pursue them. He will overtake them. And so David went after the enemy. pursued them. David overtook the enemy. And the Bible says in verse 18 and verse 19 of 1 Samuel chapter 30, So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. It's a very interesting story. If you have time, you can read um, 1 Samuel chapter 30, the whole chapter, when you go home. The Bible says, So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. David rescued his two wives. Nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that they had taken from them. David recovered all. I pray that you will recover all in Jesus' name. I pray that every promise that God has given you will be fulfilled. Nothing will be missing and nothing will be broken. In Jesus' mighty name, the Bible says nothing was missing, and nothing of theirs was lacking. Either man, either small, great sons, daughters, spoil, or anything which they had taken from them, David recovered all. I pray in the name of Jesus that you recover it all. You recover everything you have lost. Every promise that God has given you will be fulfilled. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because God is a faithful God. He will keep his word. And so you can take God by his word. Just like Abraham stood on the word of God. He says, I believe God. That even if this child is dead, God is able to raise him up. Just like David, when he was confronted with Goliath, stood on the word of God and said, I know that God has delivered me from the hands of the lion. And so God will deliver me from the hands of these uncircumcised Philistines. And that's why when they confronted Peter, asked him, why are you preaching in the name of Jesus Christ? He says, are we supposed to obey God or supposed to obey men? They believed in the word of God and they continued to preach. And that's why when the four Hebrew boys were put into the fire, they said, oh, king, we don't even have to think about this answer. We know that our God is well able to deliver us. But even if he does not deliver us, we will not bow down. They believed in the word of God. You see, anytime you take a stand for God and you say, if I perish, I perish, I will continue to believe. Most of the times you never perish. Like Esther, when when she went before the king. He says, "All, all I'm asking from you people is that you pray and fast for me. I will go before the king. But if I perish, I perish. But she didn't perish because she took God by his word. And so anytime you put your faith in God and you take God by his word and you tell yourself, even if I have to perish in obeying God's voice, I will just obey God's voice. Most of the times, God will come through for you. You are never going to perish. God is so faithful and he keeps his word. He keeps his promise. There is no promise or no word in the Bible that, had, that is there carelessly, uh, that God has said carelessly, and he does not mean. Every single word that is in the Bible that God has promised us, he means his word, and he will keep his word. You see, when, when, for instance, if you have a president in America, the president cannot stand in front of the people and make a promise to them and tell them that, oh, I was just joking. No, no serious leader would do that. And so you can't believe that God will make a promise to us and, say, and tell us that by us by, my, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, we were healed, and then He does not care about fulfilling that promise. No, God is too faithful, and even if not, his throne is too high, and there's so much respect at, attached to that throne that every single word that comes out of His mouth is very important and very valuable that he will not allow those words to fall to the ground without coming to pass. And so everything that God has, he says, I am able to provide all your needs according to my exceeding glory and riches. That word is true. We can bank our hope on that word. You can go to the bank with those words. Like you have a check from a very rich man and you, you are taking the check to bank. You know that definitely there is money in the account to withdraw. And that is the promise of God. Every promise that God has made to us, he is faithful to keep. And every promise that he has made to us, he will keep. So let's have faith in his word. Let's take God by his word. One of the things that I said was that great faith believes the word of God and takes God by his word. Let's depend on the word because the word of God is true. Let's put our faith in God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to your word. We give you all the honor. Father, every promise that we are holding on to, we ask, of oh God, by the integrity of your word, the word will become flesh in our lives. It will manifest. We will see the fulfillment of those words in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that as we have received this word, it will fall on good heart. In Jesus' mighty name. We will walk in this word. We will walk in this revelation. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.